everyone and welcome back to the One Globe 360 podcast. Now today is episode 5 of series 2 and on today's episode I'm going to be talking all about my top 5 things to do in Kuala Lumpur, Singapore and Bali. I hope you've all had a fantastic week and I just wanted to say a massive thank you for all your support on last week's episode of the podcast and also for all your continued support so far with everything to do with One Globe 360. So the first thing on my list is the Patronus Twin Towers. Now, without a doubt, my highlight of my time in Kuala Lumpur was visiting the Patronus Twin Towers with my tour group and with my boyfriend, Jamie. In terms of a skyscraper, it is the most extraordinary one I have ever seen. When the Patronus Towers were completed in 1998, at the time they were declared the tallest buildings in the world. Besides the mall and the park inside the Patronus Towers, they are also home to the Patronus Art Gallery and the Kuala Lumpur Convention Centre. Now, you can also visit the Patronus Towers' um, observation deck at level 86, where you can get a 360-degree view of Kuala Lumpur. At the bottom of the towers, when trying to get the perfect picture, my advice would be to purchase a clip-on lens from a street seller. After trying for half an hour to get the perfect shot with no luck, the clip-on lens gave me the perfect shot in front of the towers, and it didn't cost a lot of money. I think it was less than £5, um, and it really did mean that I could capture the perfect photo. So second on the list of my top five things to do in Kuala Lumpur is the Batu Caves. Now the Batu Caves are situated 11 kilometres north of Kuala Lumpur and are a must-see when visiting Kuala Lumpur. The Batu Caves are a 400 million year old limestone hill with a 100 year old temple incorporated within it. The temple is considered an important religious landmark by Hindus and features idols and statues erected inside the main caves and around it. The climb up to the top is 272 steps, which can prove difficult in the heat, but the journey up is more than worth it for what could be seen when you reach the top. A warning though to those like myself that are scared of monkeys, there are monkeys everywhere, at the bottom, on the steps and at the top when you enter the caves. It is important to be aware of the monkeys around you and make sure you don't have any loose belongings as on many occasions monkeys have been known to take them. The opening hours are 6am to 9pm daily, so definitely I would 100% recommend visiting the Batu Caves. So number three on my list for the top five things to visit in Kuala Lumpur is Chinatown. Chinatown is undoubtedly one of the most popular tourist spots in Kuala Lumpur. Visitors will find themselves deeply immersed in oriental culture, heritage and history. At night, its main market area, Petalang Street, transforms into a lively and vibrant night market. You can even book onto a private Kuala Lumpur Street Eats evening tour of Chinatown. The nightlifes and restaurants also draw many tourists and locals to the area, so it's definitely worth a visit if you're in Kuala Lumpur. So number four on the list is the Sunway Lagoon theme park. Now the Sunway Lagoon theme park is located in Petaleng Jaya, which is approximately 15 kilometres southwest of Kuala Lumpur. There are activities for all, including water slides, a man-made river ride, a surf beach and a wave pool. The park has also expanded and includes more than just water slides. There are five different zones, the water park, screen park, amusement park, extreme park and wildlife park. The opening hours are 10am to 6pm daily and a one-day pass for adults costs $47. US And last but not least for Kuala Lumpur, I'd highly recommend going on a walk along the hanging bridges of Kuala Lumpur's Forest Eco Park. The Eco Park is located in Bukit Nanas Forest and was created to preserve the natural surroundings and forest in the centre of Kuala Lumpur. So you're essentially walking through a jungle in the middle of a city, which I think is so, so cool. The entirety of the park is connected by 200 metres of walking bridges. There are also animals that roam around, including monkeys. 
It is recommended you spend at least an hour walking around to experience everything that Eco Park has to offer. The cost is free and it is open from 7am to 6pm daily. Okay, so now moving on to Singapore. I visited Singapore in April last year and it was the last destination of my 10-week trip to South America, New Zealand and Southeast Asia. Albeit a short stay, I will never forget my time in Singapore and it was a perfect ending to my trip. I found it such a fascinating and exciting place and would definitely love to visit again in the future. So the first thing on my list for the top five things to do in Singapore is, without a doubt, Gardens by the Bay. Gardens by the Bay is the most recognised and popular tourist destination in Singapore. When picturing Singapore, most people think about Gardens by the Bay and its natural beauty. With more than 1,500,000 plants, it has become the number one attraction in Singapore on TripAdvisor and more than 50 million visitors have been recorded to date. There are many attractions within Gardens by the Bay, including Floral Fantasy, Flower Dome, Super Tree Observatory, Cloud Forest, Serene Garden, Art Sculptures, Bayeast Garden and Dragonfly and Kingfisher Lakes. There are also several outdoor gardens, including World of Plants, Sun Pavilion, Heritage Gardens and The Canyon. The prices and opening times are dependent on which attraction you choose to visit, with most of the attractions open from 9am to 9pm daily. So next up on the list for my top five things to do in Singapore is the Botanic Gardens. The Botanic Gardens in Singapore are a UNESCO World Heritage Site and have been since 2015. With approximately 4.5 million visitors annually, the gardens are the first and only tropical botanical garden on the UNESCO's World Heritage List. The gardens are situated just five minutes away from Orchard Road, which is one of Singapore's busiest and most popular roads for tourists. Therefore, the gardens are situated in the heart of the city and they are one of Singapore's top tourist destinations. The gardens have been developed along a four core concept, including Tanglin, Central, Bukit Timur and Tayasal Group. Each core presents an exciting array of attractions and you have plenty of time to explore all of the gardens. The Singapore Botanic Gardens are open daily from 5am to midnight and cost nothing to explore. However, the National Orchid Garden, which is the Botanic Garden's main attraction, costs five Singapore dollars, which is approximately three, um, three to four US dollars for adult admission. The next thing on the list is a hop-on, hop-off bus tour in Singapore. So on my last full day in Singapore, I took the hop-on, hop-off bus as I wanted to see all the main tourist sites before I left. The hop-on, hop-off bus tour is the best and quickest way to do this. You can purchase a 24 or 48-hour ticket, which gives you plenty of time to explore each attraction you visit. There is also multilingual audio commentary, which adds to the experience greatly. Your ticket gives you access to six routes, four hop-on, hop-off sightseeing routes and two safari gate shuttles. Some of the attractions along the routes include Singapore Zoo, World's Resorts World Sentosa, Universal Studios, Singapore Flyer, Gardens by the Bay, Night Safari, SEA Aquarium, Marina Bay Sands, the National Gallery and the National Museum. The price for a classic ticket is approximately 40 Singapore dollars for adults and 30 Singapore dollars for children. So next up is the Universal Studios. If you're a fan of everything Hollywood, you must visit the Singapore branch of the Hollywood Movie Theme Park. The park is divided into seven worlds and is the star attraction of Resorts World on Satosa Island at Singapore's South End. The park has something for everyone, especially for thrill seekers as the park is home to the world's tallest dueling roller coaster. The top tip is to purchase the Sentosa Fun Pass if you're planning to visit other Sentosa Island attractions and to get to the roller coasters as soon as the park opens to beat the queues. And last, but most certainly not least, is the Marina Bay Sands. 
The Marina Bay Sands dominates Singapore's skyline and has done so ever since it was built. It was designed by an Israeli-Canadian architect called Moshe Sadfi and is a massive hotel complex and one of Singapore's most popular tourist destinations. There is so much to see and do, including shopping at designer stores, eating in the malls, many restaurants, of which several of them are Michelin-starred. You can watch a musical at the Mastercard Theatre and visit temporary exhibitions at the Waterfront Art Science Museum that looks like a giant lotus flower. One of the most popular attractions involves making your way right up to the top, up to the overhang high above Marina Bay. There is not only an infinity pool, but also a restaurant and a bar. The observation deck gives you one of, if not the best view of Singapore and is particularly impressive in the evening when Singapore's skies, skyline lights up. The hotel also stages Spectra, which is a free nightly 15-minute sound and light extravaganza that transforms the bay into a spectacle of colour with the water acting as a screen for projected images. As a group, we went to see the sound and light show on our last night together, and it was the perfect way to end my time in Singapore and my 10 weeks of travelling. Okay, so now I'm going to be talking all about Bali. So number one on my list for the top five things to do in Bali is to visit the monkey forest in Ubud. I'll have to admit, I didn't actually visit the monkey forest in Ubud when I visited Bali. This wasn't because it isn't amazing, but instead due to my fear of monkeys. I get easily scared when they climb or jump on you, and after seeing numerous videos of the experience, I decided against it. However, after reading many reviews and speaking to friends who have visited it, this is definitely something not to be missed when visiting Bali. The website states that there are approximately 700 monkeys, 186 species of trees, and 2.5 hectares of forest. Due to the vast size of the monkey forest, you can walk around for hours, taking in the beauty of the forest whilst encountering the monkeys, who may potentially attempt to steal some of your possessions, so be careful. The monkey forest is open daily from 8.30am to 6pm, with adult tickets costing approximately 80,000 Indonesian rupees, approximately £4.45 for adults, and child tickets costing 60,000 Indonesian rupees, which is approximately £3.30. Next up is Tertaganga. Now, Tertaganga is located in eastern Bali and is a former royal palace. Nowadays, the water palace is a popular tourist destination. Tourists are so popular due to the beautiful gardens, water ponds and sculptures. The water in the garden is clean and fresh due to the pool water coming from a spring instead of treated water. Also, the springs of Tertaganga are regarded as holy water by the local people and holy water is used in Balinese Hindu religious ceremonies. If you're planning to spend the night at Tertaganga, there is accommodation available, with the Tertaganga Hotel being the most popular. Although it took us a long time to drive there, it was more than worth it. From our hotel in central Kuta, it took about two and a half hours to reach it. Not too bad when the car journey was as beautiful and breathtaking as it was. Okay, so next we have the Lempiang Temple, which is also known on Instagram as the Gates of Heaven. So the Lempiang Temple is located in eastern Bali and is an Instagram lover's dream. This temple is the location of one of the most popular Instagram photos of Bali. The Gate of Heaven is located at the temple and when we arrived we were told the queue to take a photo with the Gate of Heaven was four hours long. Apparently people come to the temple in the early hours of the morning in order to get their dream shot for Instagram. An incredible bonus too is the view from the temple of Mount Agung. Don't worry, there is also a viewpoint and a photographer on hand to take photos of you with the backdrop of Mount Agung too. The temple itself is beautiful and I'm glad we didn't queue for a photo as it meant we were able to take in the surroundings and fully appreciate it all. Number four on the list is the Ubud rice terraces. You cannot truly appreciate Indonesian rice terraces until you see them with your own eyes. 
a picture simply does not do them justice. The Tegalang rice terraces are located in Tegalang village in northern Ubud. The vast scale of the rice terraces is jaw-dropping and they seem to continue for miles. I would suggest spending at least one hour to explore and walk around so that you can fully appreciate the experience. Again, for those Instagram lovers, it is a perfect photo opportunity. There is also the option to go on the swing, which, although we did not do, looked really, really cool. The swing is quite expensive though, at approximately £20 per person. And last but not least is the Tana Lot Temple. The best time to visit the Tana Lot Temple is during sunrise or sunset. It is one of Bali's most significant landmarks and it is most known for its offshore location and beautiful backdrops. As the temple is located offshore and is only accessible by climbing on rocks, it can be difficult to access, especially due to the almost constant waves. Its opening hours are 7am to 8pm and I would recommend spending at least two hours walking around and visiting the local art shops too. The Tanalot Cave is also home to the Holy Snake. We were told that the sea snake guards this religious site and that these snakes are known to protect the area and its people from evil. I was told that touching the snake would bring me good luck, so I put my fear of snakes to the back of my head and touched the snake for about a second before I quickly hurried off. Okay, so that is the end of episode five of the One Globe 360 podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you've enjoyed today's episode. I hope you have a fantastic week and I will see you next Friday, 4pm on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thank you.